Hey, thanks for checking out Deliberate Dating. I'm your host, Aramis, and I'll be chatting at you weekly with new guests. Sometimes it'll be a friend, maybe I'll be speaking with a family member, maybe it'll be somebody I don't really know that well. In any event, we'll get together and we'll discuss all things dating. I hope you get as much of a kick out of this week's episode as I did. So I'm Alexandra, and I am... This is always the most loaded question. Um, It's like so simple, but it's so hard to answer sometimes. Um, Well, so I'm a writer, an educator, uh, editor. I'm getting more into podcasting as the days go by. Um, I guess you could say I'm a storyteller in different forms. Um, And so I do a lot of things, especially since we're we're quarantined. I mean, or stay at home, you know, for those of us who are still doing it. Um, But either way, our world economic status is very difficult right now. So I'm just getting as creative as I can with how to keep doing certain gigs, find new ones, bring money in so mm-hmm. my boyfriend and I can afford our apartment in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but outside of work, I let's see a little bit more about me. I majority grew up in Maryland, mm-hmm. though I was born in New York, like north of here. Um, and I really love to sing I sing and write songs as well um that's kind Mm -hmm. of like my fun stuff to do Mm -hmm. um and I always like to throw in that I'm really obsessed with wolves that's like a thing about (laughs) me that if you don't know me you might not know that but I just I love them they're beautiful I love the way that their packs like care for each other Mm. Um, it's a whole lot of things but they're so sweet yeah I don't (laughs) think people think uh, well I definitely don't think of things like that when I'm like oh why do I like these things but that's nice my friends are gonna laugh when they hear this part (laughs) oh man um cool oh I should say my age right I'm 27 going on 28 which is like low-key giving me a age crisis feeling I'm just getting closer and closer to 30. (laughs) I get it (laughs) you'll be fine you'll be fine (laughs) though I do hear that 30s for many women and I guess men I can't speak as much to their experience but is like a much more grounding decade than 20s so I'm not not looking forward to that but you know there's just different stressors that come with yeah. age. Yeah, the body, man. I know. Well, I should probably give a visual real quick to your listeners yes, that I'm posted up, posted up in my bed right now at a really awkward angle, trying to not be in pain because I fucked up my back while playing with water guns. Man, oh man. Well, this, I'm wearing pajamas. So we, you know, we're, I, we're matching. We came to this on one <laughs> another. Um, okay, well, thank you for all of that information. Um, you have a boyfriend. Yes. You live together. We do. we do live together. How long have you been together? Um, we have been together, what month is it? <laughs> it's August. Um, we've been together a little over three years. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least like from start date from when we were like quote unquote talking right. um, so it's been about three and a half years I think almost a half um, and we've been living together since see I can't even fully remember I think we moved in like May of last year so we've been living together a little bit over a year yeah and how did you how did you two meet 
we met at work. So we met at a place where I'm still teaching um, writing ed. Um, mm -hmm. So we met, I had been working there full time for like a couple years already. And then he came in as an instructor. And then now I don't work full time there anymore. I just teach. But um, he came in as an instructor and we just like hit it off as friends. Um, and he was in a relationship anyway. So like that was like, even yeah. if we did, we did have like some level of attraction, like that was not going to be a thing. Um, and so we just like became good friends. We started working on um, some songs together because he's, he's an artist. He's like a rapper and songwriter and performer. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were like working on like an EP together. And then, you know, then he and his girlfriend broke up and that kind of changed things a few months later so <laughs> right so, and, and how did you guys come to because I lived with a partner before and uh <laughs> and I'm single now um that wasn't, <laughs> that, that wasn't the reason why we split up we had plenty of issues but living together was just such an adjustment so how has it been yeah. for you um it's been overall really good I mean I love living with him and we definitely go through our moments where it's challenging or like we're getting on each other about like i don't know like dishes or yes. like who's doing more of this one thing i know a, a big thing was the toilet seat for a Ooh, while <laughs> and i have to say it was it was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning because he had never lived, I mean, like in his adult life that I know of, like he, he had never lived in a space where that was like a big thing. Yeah. Um, like if there were women who lived in the apartment, like, I don't know, I guess they didn't really care, but I care. Right. And it's just <laughs> it's a, a matter of decency and um, like making the bathroom a nice place to walk into, yes. you know, all those things. Um, but I will say, though, it was a point of contention initially. He has done an amazing job awesome. now being very consistent with it. I mean, it takes, what is it? It takes like 27, 28 days or right. something to build a new habit. Yeah. And he's really built a new habit, and I'm super grateful for it. Um, but there, I mean, you know, there's been moments like that. Um, when we fight, it's like a, you know, it's a learning curve of like, okay, we can't just like not see each other for a couple of days if yeah. we're in a fight or like go into you know you have to sometimes choose to leave the room or go take a walk before that fight gets worse um yes. and sometimes we're good at that and sometimes we're not right. um right. that's relationships yeah so that's been kind of a learning curve but we otherwise i think have handled it really well like in terms of like coming together with like our stuff and mm -hmm. finding space for all the things that like we really want yeah. to have in our space um, mm -hmm. that's now shared. So I think that he's done a good job at that and I try to do a good job at that. And ultimately it really works. I mean, we have different, we kind of have different schedules, but like we work it out. Like he likes to go to bed madly and I'm yeah. like, I, I cannot do this often at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we compromise about that too. Like certain nights he'll come in and come to sleep with me. Cause that's important to me. Yeah. Um, but he also like has a hard time going to sleep early. Uh, so he can't do it every night. So I've kind of gotten a little more lax with that than I was before. Yeah. Um, so the, I don't know those are some highlights of it but ultimately it's good good i'm happy to hear that it sounds good it sounds like you know what i would expect couples to go through when right. 
they're together in a relationship and especially living together. Um, were you touching on, like, are you touching on the things that you've been dealing with together in quarantine? Because I know for some couples being in quarantine together or being on lockdown or stay at home, whatever you want to call it, it's been a struggle for someone or it's really been like a matter of, oh no, I chose, like, I'm with the right person. Like this right. has confirmed it. How's it been for you? Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, it's definitely confirmed that I've, I, we have chosen like good partners in each other. Um, Cause again, like we've definitely had conflicts come up, but overall um, we've cohabitated really well with the extra like stressor of like not being able to go out and do our own thing and yeah. like have our own space. Like though we've, um, like I said this earlier, like we both are really musical people, but like he's way more like vocal and like, just the stuff that he does on the regular for like his work is more sound based because like a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is like writing and so I need quiet time and so that was something we kind of were working out and figuring out prior to quarantine and then obviously having to be here all the time and do our work here all the time that really intensifies it mm -hmm. and I think um like minus like a couple like you know arguments we've gotten into about it we've actually been way more considerate of each other and carved out more time to like um compromise about how we use the space in terms of sound and just yeah. who's in which room doing work during these times so i think it's it's kind of made us have to have to be more considerate because we both recognize that we are pretty much kind of stuck inside a lot and we don't get to have the the things that we like to do outside of the apartment that we normally have so you kind of you either I mean you either choose to do that or you choose to make it really shitty and it's like yeah. why why do that right right yes okay that's good that's awesome I'm happy to hear that so cheers to learning curves and consideration as you take a sip <laughs> cheers we went for it at the same time. Your drink looks so pretty. Thank you. I have to say I hate vodka, but I love it for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the second person recently who was like, oh, I cannot stand Really? Vodka. Oh, yeah. man. Maybe they had too much brunettes in college like me. <laughs> now, Stetka, I can't. Really? I can't have, no, and like any any flavor whatever of oh that. no not I, the flavor i can't do it i i had a bad experience in college with it and now i'm like nope never again i can't have it ever again Any, anywho um so you mentioned so you know as you and i discussed prior to us mm -hmm. setting up this call we we wanted to to tap into um anxiety, mental health issues, and how they they come about or play a role in relationships or what they look like uh, in relationships. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something a little while ago that made me think of myself. You mentioned like you need him to sleep with you mm -hmm. at night. Do you, mm -hmm. is that something that you think stems from anxiety or is that just more of an affectionate, uh, 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 an affection or what is that for you? Because I know for me, I, it's, it's like an anxiety thing and I'll get mm -hmm. more into my story in a bit, but what okay. is that for you? Um, honestly, I think it's a little bit of both mm -hmm. because I am definitely a super affectionate person. Like one of my many love languages is <laughs> definitely, it's always funny when people are like, oh, definitely these two. I'm like, I feel like all of them are my love language. Um, uh, <laughs> but like touch is definitely a huge one for me. Like I, 
need physical touch. I need it often. Um, and I really like being able to fall asleep together because I just feel like it's like a connection thing for me. Um, and uh, at the same time, I think part of that need for physical um, connection and touch and like not constant but like I like it a lot um it's a reassurance factor and I think some of the reassurance factor comes from my anxiety and um the like past experience that I have had that have been really poor and so I do need like I do need a lot of like reassurance like both like physical and um verbal yes so I think that's 100% a part of it though I do just love it (laughs) right 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 exactly same I'm like I grew up in a very affectionate home so like Mm -hmm. I'm always always, like touching and like hugging and being near one another although I don't like PDA that much (laughs) but like (laughs) but like at home or whatever I need to be like touching or being touched but I we I a year ago actually I had a fire in the building I lived in and it was like 11 at night and I was home alone in bed and I was sleeping and the fire is what woke me up and I you know had to deal with all of that but after that I had a really really nutty episode with um anxiety depression and like I was dealing with PTSD basically 100% yeah I couldn't like being a home being home by my and I I live alone I lived alone then Mm -hmm. I live alone now being home trying to go to sleep it just wasn't happening so I was in this cycle of just like no sleep anxious Mm -hmm. because of it just diving into depression because of it so it was this cycle of it and I needed people to be with me. So I was like calling my mom to come and spend the night with me. My mm-hmm. sister came and spent the night with me. Like I needed people to be with me so that yeah. I could fall asleep. Otherwise I was not getting any sleep. So I was like, no, I need you in this bed with me. My dad, he lives in South Carolina. He, when he came to visit, he was sleeping on the couch, but like I had such a, a bad panic attack one night that I was like, I'm sleeping on the couch with you because yeah. I cannot fall asleep. Mm-hmm. otherwise um thankfully I have an amazing family and they did that for me but it was a lot like um so in, in addition to like just naturally being an affectionate person but going through that experience and realizing oh I need someone for me at this at this mm-hmm. time because I I'm I'm gonna lose my mind a bit uh, actually I, I had lost my mind a bit but <laughs> it was um it was necessary and I don't need it. I don't need it now. I can fall asleep on my own, but at that time it was very much an anxiety fueled situation. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, just to add on to like a part I kind of left out, like, and now hearing what you said, it kind of reminded me, like, I guess in quarantine, it's a little different because like he's, he's here, but like, because of the work he does and sometimes if he's just like out with his friends but like because of the work he does he would be like hosting shows and oftentimes that would lead to him coming home late and there's certain nights where I would go to sleep and he wouldn't even be home and yeah. that to me would, was an anxiety inducing thing because of like 
my experiences with PTSD and like we'll get more into it I'm sure but like my past experience with like sexual assault um and being like abused when I was a kid during the night um so it was like it's and and like prior to us living together um I've always lived with someone so I've always had someone who was either there like roommates or something um that you know I trusted enough that they weren't gonna like harm me um but like when he's not here, it's like, oh, I'm falling asleep alone in this apartment. And like, uh, it, it's, there is like kind of a, like I would, I wake up a lot. And if he's not home yet, I'm like, what's going on? Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's also coupled with anxiety about his physical safety, yeah. uh, especially. So he's black. So like, I am always yeah, extra yeah. like nervous about him out at night yeah. with cops. Like you just yeah. don't know, you never know. And so like, I'm always, and he's like, babe, it's fine. I'm like, right oh, it's not but okay <laughs> I'm like so I'm just like I'm just I'm I'm an anxious mess like half mm-hmm. the time so like that's waking me up on top of like my own fear for like yeah. physical safety yeah. like, like, yep. um which certain nights I'm better than others but like other nights like like that's 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 a part of it so yeah hard. Do you, were you always anxious were you an anxious t- child Oh yeah. I, well, anxiety runs in my family and, um, among like other things, like Mm -hmm. I feel like depression as well, but you know, the, the more the generations go on, the more that we talk about it. Um, but anxiety and like hypochondria has always been something that I have had. Mm -hmm. Um, though I think it's partially that. So that's something that I've kind of internalized, especially with like the, the anxiety and like worry that my mom has and, um, and my dad, they express it in different ways. Um, but that's something that you pass on to your kid, whether you're trying to or not, Mm -hmm. um, both in like behavioral stuff and probably genetic stuff. And so that in combination, so I mentioned the sexual abuse, like that happened right around the age of eight. Um, I can't, I don't know exactly the age, but mm-hmm. I know generally, and that, um, it was a, a friend of mine's father. Um, and so that definitely probably made me on like hyperdrive anxiety, um, yeah. in, you know, in that experience. And it's something that I didn't fully understand until a much later age, because for pretty much all of my adolescence I mean into my early like 20s like I repressed that um and I would like go through moments being like is this why I'm so fucking anxious and like have such shit experiences with men and like for sure like that was 100% a part of it um though I'm sure there were other factors that came in um that kind of exacerbated it and just like was compounded on top of that initial experience um so that that definitely impacted my my anxiety and then I remember when my grandpa died on my dad's side that was like oh death is real and I don't know why but for me that was like an onset of hypochondria and just always thinking I was gonna die and I guess it's just because it it was like now a real thing in in our family and um so I I grew up always thinking I had cancer or I had some something was gonna kill me like I'd (laughs) watch I'd watch like the uh oh, what's what's that Mandy Moore movie I watched to remember and I was like yeah. oh god I have leukemia now <laughs> it's like every disease that I would learn about I'd be like mom but like look I have like this weird thing on my face yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I've always been an anxious person Mm -hmm. as far as I can remember, because I don't remember much before like seven or eight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. (laughs) I um, believe I was always an anxious person too. Like my parents say that I would, I like, you know, kids cry, but they said that I cried a lot and that I was always clinging on to one of them. Like Mm -hmm. I did not, and I, I cannot think of anything that happen to me like I can't pinpoint anything that would make me anxious we don't know where it came from maybe I I'm, my mom is is an anxious person so like you were saying about your parents like behaviorally I'm sure I picked up a lot of things like the mm-hmm. way I communicate sometimes we can be the, I, I actually try to move away from this and my family could be super private and and kind of like secretive and keep a lot of things to themselves that don't really make sense to keep to themselves and so I yeah. used to do that and and now I'm, I'm moving or I have moved away from that I moved away from a lot of things but like my mom is a hoarder so like mm. There's a lot of things that I grew up in and I, I attribute to like, that's probably where my anxiety came from. But there was a time where I was having like panic attacks and I didn't know what they were. And I, yeah. I, I didn't, I couldn't name them until I got older. But I remember being like 19 on the train thinking that someone, as soon as I stepped off the train, someone's going to kill me. Like, yeah. and it's so real in my head. And I'm like, okay, right. I'm going to like, I'm going to die. So I'd be like freaking out. Um, yeah, it's anxiety. We'll, we'll do some things. It's so great hearing other people talk about it because like, that's why I'm laughing. Cause I just feel like when you talk to someone who just doesn't deal with that, it's like in, in the intensity that, that you do like experiencing panic attacks and like actually having like a panic, like disorder or like anxiety disorder is very different from occasionally feeling anxiety because anxiety is a natural emotion yes but when it's on overdrive and you're feeling it all the time for things that you don't need to feel it for it's a very different story so it's very. like it's just I just I feel I feel the connection of that. yes oh yes <laughs> I get it man it is it is real and I do appreciate being able to talk to others who experience it and are aware of it because I mm-hmm. know a lot of people who are anxious but they they don't realize it or they don't call they don't name it that or you know it's different for them so I appreciate it as well um so you you shared that you know up until you suppressed um the the sexual abuse up until you're about 20 and then you were questioning is that what you said um I I would say I really didn't start dealing with it I know that was a little vague I didn't really start like looking it in the face I guess you could say until about about three years, like about, I guess, four years ago now, like Mm. it was right around actually when my boyfriend and I got together. Mm. Um, And it was, it was after, it was after like everything was coming out with like the Larry Nassar stuff and like Weinstein and stuff. And so, and I think that's a really important thing to mention because though it had been impacting my life since it happened, I didn't personally really go through like active PTSD until that was, until it was in the news cycle all the time. Like, in addition to everything else, and with Trump getting elected, like, Trump getting elected was also, like, a super, like, like, I sobbed that night because I just, mm-hmm. in part, felt, you know, the impending doom that we're currently in. Um, right. And <laughs> and it was also one of those moments where I was like, oh, wow, America really doesn't give a fuck about women. Yeah. And I know that there's, there's a lot of things that I didn't see because of, like, my own privilege of, like, feeling it deeply on that level. Um, yeah. But that was just like, wow, while, while those cases were going on in the media, 
and end with Trump and like just all those things, I just, I felt very, very unsafe yeah. and very like, a, like it was something I was thinking about now on like a daily level yeah. times, like six times a day at least. Like it was just always on my mind and I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like it was just, normally I could be like, oh, and then repress it for like a few months and yeah. not think about it. Yeah. Um, but it just became something that was like every day. And I started like feeling like, you know, just like feeling like I, I didn't trust anyone, like yeah. even people in my family. Like I already knew I had trust issues with guys, but like I would question like the motives of my family or question if anyone actually cared about me and like the state of the world, just like, just not trusting in like the good and humanity. And like, that's a part of PTSD for people yeah. who are listening who don't know, like it warps your understanding and perception of the world in a yeah. way that just makes you feel unsafe all the time and makes you hate yourself and makes you want to kill yourself and like just all these things. And so it's like, I was very heavily dealing with a lot of these really just dangerous thoughts Yes. Um, on a consistent basis mm -hmm. versus, okay, something bad has actually happened in my life and now I'm feeling really shitty. Mm -hmm. It was just like constant. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so how, how have you been dealing with it? Um, so since that happened, um, this was also kind of a, another indicator that my boyfriend was like, good for me, right? Like he was, he was actually the, f I think he was, I can never remember. I either told someone who had kind of been like an unofficial therapist, like that's something she did in her work. She was like a family friend, but she yeah. kind of helped me talk through some things through college um I may have told her before but I can't remember but he was like the first person in my life outside of like two therapists that I told mm -hmm. um what happened and it actually kind of kind of came out in like a difficult conversation and but after that point he was the one who kind of like helped me be able to tell my family like I kept coming up with excuses of like, oh, I can't, I can't cancel this thing because we're supposed to have fun and like that. And he was like, no, you need, you need to go home, mm -hmm. talk to them, like fuck the trip that you're supposed to have with your mom and sister. They can wait. Like you, you need to go talk to them. And so he helped me like kind of do that. And then, and then I did that. Um, so that was the starting point, like being able to just talk openly with my family mm -hmm. about it. And then I found a therapist that specifically deals with sexual abuse, like child sex, childhood sexual mm -hmm. abuse. Mm -hmm. And like, that's also really important if you're listening to this. It's like not all therapists are experts in that. And as shown by my two previous ones that I mentioned it to you, they, you know, they acknowledged it that session, but then it was never really something that was actively worked on after. Mm -hmm. And that didn't help me. It actually probably made me talk about it less. Mm. Um, and so I, with my parents' help, you know, my dad especially was like, okay, let me go do all this research for you. So he like found me some therapists to like look at. And mm. for a little while, they helped me pay for it, which is also an important piece because like she was more expensive. Um, and I'm, I don't think all who specialize in that are, but I mean, therapy is also like a privileged thing. Like it's like, it's not always easy to find. And mm -hmm. I was really grateful that they were able to help subsidize some of that for six months or something um, while I was in it. Um, and I still like paid like lowest tier, but it's still pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so she was a big part of that. And I 
I, I, I'm not seeing her right now because, I mean, with uh, everything that's happened, it's kind of made it even more difficult to, mm-hmm. like, sustainably pay for her now that I'm paying for it by myself. So I kind of had to make that difficult decision recently. But I'd been seeing her for over a year and a half. And we did a lot of different um, styles of, I guess, like, intervention and healing therapy and stuff. So I, I've done... Um, prolonged exposure, which is where you kind of like relive the moment a little bit. Um, so you can kind of untap things that maybe are stuck, like emotions that are maybe stuck um, or memories. Um, so to prolonged exposure, which is honestly really difficult. And I kind of hated it, but I do looking back feel like it did help. Um, but it wasn't something we did for like an ex- super, super extended amount of time. Yeah. Um, so we did that, do cognitive behavioral therapy for like just anxiety based stuff. And that's helped in its way. Um, and then another thing we were doing before we had to go online, like um, with coronavirus was um, shit, what's, what's it called? Maybe you know of it where you're like the eye, you're like following. Oh, it's, um, what is it called? Um, I don't know. You're, it's, um, it's like a desensitizing, um, practice, EMDR. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but Mm -hmm. it's like, at least what I did with her was she has this like, not pole, like stick thing that she goes back and forth and your eyes follow it. And while you're doing that, you're supposed to like think about a certain question. Essentially the goal of it is to like get it to a point where these things that are really triggering are less triggering Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do feel like it was kind of helping and like unpacking things a little bit, but I basically did all those three things in combination with talk therapy. Um, And I did find that way more helpful than my previous therapist. And I mean, I I want to go back to her once I can afford it again, but right now I'm just kind of like using what tools I have and like the grounding exercises she's also given me um, and kind of doing what I, what I can until I can go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was literally just speaking with a friend about therapy and like the need for it, especially in these times, but like also the expense of it. And and I, okay. I'm super lucky in that my therapist was like, you know, I lost my job um, mm. at, the, at the start of this. And she's just like, I will continue to see you until you have a full-time job again. Like I'm not. That's awesome. I know I was like, uh, I was like, no, like I, I have to pay you. I'm not going to see you and not pay you. And she's like, this is my life's work. Like <laughs> I'm going to do this. You don't tell me what to do. Basically. That's no. amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah she's, she, she's, amazing and I actually my mom similar to your dad doing research and and finding therapists for you my Mm. mom found her for me paid for the first six months as well um and then um and she she doesn't take insurance she's you know Mm -hmm. very expensive but I too was paying like the lowest right (laughs) which isn't even low it's not low at all nope uh, so she's been very helpful. I started going to her because I was in a toxic relationship okay. and sunk into a depression and started, uh, and I needed, like had all the thoughts of like harming myself and all of this stuff because yeah. I didn't know how to deal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was like allowing my mind and, and allowing my mind and body to sort of do these things that I had never done before because I had never been in in situations like that Mm -hmm. so she's been super helpful I've been seeing her I think this is the third year but I took a a year off so it's been two years um 
because I didn't see her for a year. But what was the space that you were in that you felt comfortable enough to speak with your partner about what you'd experienced mm -hmm. without having ever spoken to anyone else about it? And also, what has what did the relationship look like after that period outside of him encouraging you, which I love that he did encouraging you to, you know, share that with your family. But what was that like for you? So I feel like I have to go a little back in time to give context. Um, so up until I began things with him, I <laughs> have essentially had no, like, no positive experience with I can't say no. Okay. That's a little, a little excessive, but majority of my like, um, like sexual experiences or, um, even like emotional, like may, like maybe going to be sexual experiences with, with men, um, were not positive. Mm -hmm. And in part that was me going after men who were emotionally unavailable, <laughs> which is, you know, for me, I'm sure. I feel like we have so many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, um, yeah. Which you know, and I, I think that different people have that for different reasons. But part of what I've come to understand about that situation is is very much um, related to the sexual abuse that I experienced and why I chose guys that were just emotionally unavailable. Um, either they weren't interested in a relationship or maybe they were in love with someone else. Um, and I was never someone who would ever get involved with someone who was involved with someone else. That's like, I'm not about that. Um, but it, sometimes that doesn't stop you having feelings for that person. And it's like, why do I like this person? <laughs> when, yes. like, nothing is going to happen. Um, but I, even from like the onset, like my first, like, teenage experience with a guy like like the first time I made out with a guy this is a little graphic but like the first time I made out with a guy he is it okay if I get a little graphic yeah yeah okay um so like the first time I made out with a guy like while I was in high school we ended up he ended up like fingering me right and I remember being and it actually it ended up hurting and like I just kind of let let it happen even yeah. though I didn't to happen but it's like I didn't feel comfortable speaking up <laughs> lo and behold very direct relationship to what had happened when I was eight it's like I didn't know how to speak up for myself and also how to feel self-worth for myself and that's something I still struggle with today like that and that that is like starting point for like any type of sexual experience that's happened to you and then going through and repeating it in different forms it just makes it harder and harder and harder to be able to like identify those moments. And so that was kind of the onset of like my situation with men when I was actually going to start physically exploring it in high school. And there was like anyone who was ever into me, I was like, oh no, no, no. Like I was definitely like very afraid of the intimacy thing. Yeah. Like, even though I didn't really like identify that for a long time. So yeah. like if someone was treating me like well, like I didn't know how to take that. Mm -hmm. And then I would, got into these like just like not self-serving situations at all like I had someone that I like had an on and off thing for literally all four years of college and we barely even really knew each other I had like some idea projected onto him which is like totally on me and then there were things he did that were super fucked up towards me like we just like were in a totally toxic like back and forth like would only 
only hookup while we were drunk. Like I, my, my only sober hookup was that first one where I, that mm-hmm. I just told you about mm-hmm. until I was 21. I never mm-hmm. even made out with anyone unless I was drunk between mm-hmm. those five years. Mm-hmm. And because I had a lot of like fear around sex, like it even, I even had like fear around like the male body, like for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I was really dead set on not losing my virginity unless I was like with someone though. And so I, that was like something that I was just like, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be drunk when this happens. So like, for whatever reason, I would let myself get into dangerous situations yeah. <laughs> while drunk in college. Um, but I would never let it get that far. Yeah. And thankfully I was never in situations with people who pressured that onto me. Um, but I very well could have like, part of the other thing about going through abuse and also not dealing with it and not recognizing how it can like repeat patterns is that you put yourself in really dangerous situations and you don't care for your body. And so that was a lot of what I was going through all through, through college, but I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I did finally date someone in college, he ended up cheating on me after a month. And so I was like, dope, the first person that I've like <laughs> got into a committed relationship with and who I had sex with for the first time, he cheats on me within a month. So I was like, cool, bye. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, goodness. I know. And it's, and it's funny because with him, I truthfully wasn't even that super into, like I have to say, like I was kind of trying him on, but I still was trying like I still was like I like you like I don't know if I'm in love with you but like I like you and I like respect you like I'm not gonna do something to like be a dick to you Um, and so I was like in it I was like in it for trying but like I also didn't really know how to like communicate a lot of things and I feel like he was just like okay she wants to be in a relationship he told me that he cheated on every previous girlfriend but in Mm -hmm. my mind I was like well you didn't do that to me so just don't do it like I'm like (laughs) like so I gave him the benefit of the doubt and so that happened he cheated on me and I was like all right fuck this um I probably had like one positive experience with a guy after I graduated who was like super dope like he was just like and we like we ended up sleeping together and like he was super he was like one of the only guys who I felt like was really respectful um and after that, I'm sorry, this is like so much preface to your question. No, it's, it's fine. It's so it's, important. Please, give it. <laughs> give but it it's like, me. it's just important for people to see how all these things connect mm-hmm. um, and how they do lead up to these moments. And so I um, ended up getting into a thing with another guy at work, mm-hmm. which I will say, unless it feels like it's going to go somewhere, not worth it. But I ended up, you know, the first one sucked, but second one worked out. So I guess sometimes it works out, you got to try it. So it kind of, you know, it's a, uh, not a, not cause and effect. What am I trying to think of? Uh, Like, Uh, the weighing the the potential shitty to like great factor. I can't think of Right. What is that thing called? (laughs) I don't know. We're both moving our hands up and down. Like it means something, but it's like. Maybe, maybe one of the listeners can figure out this word and, and put it in the reviews. Um, but, <laughs> but like, I ended up getting involved with him. And this was, this was one of the moments where I was like, oh, this is like real, you know? Because um, we interacted sober, we interacted while drunk. Like, it was, 
it was a combination situation. It felt like, you know, we were friends and we were friends with another person. Basically, they ended up like they had been doing some shit and were never told, were upfront with me about like how intense they had had a relationship previously. And like the girl who I was friends with, she was like, oh, go for it. Like, we only meet out like once, like whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Meanwhile, they, he was like in love with her. I don't know. It was a whole thing. Aww. And essentially it totally fucked with my trust the, yeah. the any trust I had left for people um and this was a repeat of something that happened when I was like 16 to 18 so it was like it was a pattern repeat yeah. right? so it's like that's such an important thing to bring up because that was the moment where I was like fuck this I was like fuck this yeah. fuck guys like I was like I didn't even have sex for like a year I was like I don't want to be near I didn't kiss anybody for a year I was like I don't yeah. even want to be near you like I was like let me just do my own thing and like not even deal with this anymore mm-hmm. so that was all a preface to me meeting my boyfriend as a friend and also us eventually getting involved and so by the time that we had become close friends and he and his girlfriend had broken up like um there was like a period where like he definitely like wanted to hook up and I was like no <laughs> I was like <laughs> this is a no for me I was like we're friends like I'm not trying to just hook up with people and it was like during like a party like he was drunk and I was thankfully sober if I had been drunk maybe we would have and like life would look different now mm-hmm. it's interesting how those moments happen but I was I was just coming off like the curtails of like one another bad experience with a guy I tried to go out with like after like a year after all that shit happened I was mm-hmm. like let me try this again and then it was just another guy who just wanted to have sex with me and like not actually get to know me and I was like I can't deal with this anymore so I was in like a very like fuck guys situation um and when when um my partner like tried to like hook up for the first time and I was like yeah this is this is not gonna happen um and then you know then we like just kept moving as like friends um and like a couple months later um we (laughs) we ended up like we were like drunk at like a going away party with uh for one of my roommates and everyone had left and we were like having a ball like we were having a great time together we always had a great time together like we we like loved each other as people you know um and before we kissed that night we ended up getting in like a half hour long conversation outside of whether we should because we were like we don't want this to mess up the friendship (laughs) like it's it's just a quintessential moment of like us like we were just like but we want to but like but I was like, this was where I had changed. This was where something in me changed where I was like, if this happens, this isn't just a kiss for a night. Like if, yeah. if we're doing this, like we're going to see what this is. Like we're yeah. going and like, and if this is happening, like that means you're not fucking with other girls. Like I was, I just like, it was the first time I really had like laid it down of like what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not going to compromise on like, these are these are my stipulations and this right. is something I'd never done before like I'd always been too afraid to like speak up about how like I wanted like something like monogamous like I just I didn't want to like have to compete with like these other people or not know what was going on in like your brain like it was the most upfront I had been um mm-hmm. with myself and with the other person and we always talk about like how if the timing didn't work out like that like we probably wouldn't have remained in a relationship because for him like I don't want to speak too much to his his experience I feel like that's his story to tell but like 
one thing that he's pretty open about sharing is, you know, a lot of his relationships up to that point had started really physical. And I was like the only one that it started more on like an emotional, like mm. friendship-based mm-hmm. level. And so it just worked. Like the the way of our past experience and how we both were different for each other in that way, like that, that was kind of the indicating part. And then do you want to say anything before I jump into the next part no, of your question? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> looking at like the past 10 minutes of what I told you. Um, but <laughs> I'm drinking and listening. <laughs> um, so that was the onset of it. And that was why it was so different and why I think in large part it really worked. Um, and we also eased into it. Like we weren't just like, all right, we're like dating now. Like we were like, okay. We know that we both want to see where this goes. We're not seeing other people, but we're not like in a full-blown relationship because he still had to get over his past relationship. Like I also was like, I'm not going to get involved with you if you're still in love with your ex-girlfriend. Like I was like, I'm not doing that again. Like I'm like, I need to know that that's that's done. Like you're, you've moved past it, like all that stuff. So like we eased into like fully, fully dating. Right. Um, And then once that happened, like, um, you know, he, I ended up telling him what happened after we had been out one night, like I was drunk. And honestly, that might've been the only reason it came up. Like, and he was just kind of talking to me about something that kind of triggered it for me. And I was like, well, this happened to me, like, you know, and it, like I said, like, it was kind of a, an awkward conversation at first, but it was just more so like, he didn't know how to be there for me in that moment, but he wanted to be, he was like, and like, I was like, why aren't you touching me? And he was like, I don't know if you want to be like, I feel like that's, I don't want to like do that if that's not what you don't want me to do right now. And so it was like a figuring out period for us. And just in terms of like that new information. And then it's a different story when I'm not only dealing with PTSD or my anxiety, and the depression I experienced, all that stuff. Also my issue of trusting people. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the thing we deal with in my, in our relationship even today. And like, he's like, I have about certain things that I'm like, I want to see growth in this territory. Like that's something that he's signed on for. And he knows that that's something that I struggle with. And I would say for the first like year and a half of our relationship, that was a huge contention point um and it's still something we work through now but he understands where it comes from more and so it's he doesn't get as defensive about it um which i think is awesome i mean we still have moments like that but i do really see like growth in the past year and a half for both of us because part of what i work through with my therapist is like having having to try and decipher for myself like okay am i just being suspicious because I'm being suspicious for no reason Mm -hmm. or is there something actually that's worth asking about um and I don't know I just I feel like not enough people talk about this openly and I feel like a lot more people probably go through it than they like to talk about um but it's it's fucking hard when you come into a relationship with trust issues yes um absolutely but I also feel like does that mean that I don't deserve to have someone who loves me like objectively no when I'm in a bad mental space then I'm like I suck like why would he want to be with me and that also is like a spiral that's not helpful for the dynamic but it's also like when I'm able to look out of 
out of that lens. It's like, no, like I deserve to have someone working through life who has their own issues that they need to work on. Like, this is my main issue. Like, that's my big thing. And it's something, as long as I'm actively working on parsing out when it's fair and when it's not fair, that's what I can do. And if I'm doing that and I'm actually doing it, then that's all I can do. It doesn't mean I have to like stay away from people for like the years that it might take me to deal with that. Yes. You know? Yes. And I'm a firm believer in like, you can't, you don't, you're not going to know how to do relationships until you do relationships. Mm -hmm. So like even, yeah, sometimes you need a break. You need some space to yourself. You need to get yourself together in the way that you can, but like, you're not going to know how you deal with relationships if you, if you're not trying them. Right. Uh, so you you have to go through experiencing issues that will that will push up against your trust mm-hmm. so that you can learn how to right exactly and that's some that's one thing my therapist would bring up she's like do you think this is only something that would happen with him or would it happen with anyone and i'm like it would happen with anyone because I'm suspicious of my friends and family sometimes when I'm getting in my like antitrust mode and I'm yes. like I don't think this like this is bound to happen with whoever I'm closest with mm-hmm. and obviously I'm closest to my partner yes yeah so. my therapist constantly will be talking about something it could be like I had just met a dude like first day and I'm like being like but this happened and she's like is it <laughs> Is it a fact? Do you have proof that mm-hmm. this is the truth? Oh, they love that. <laughs> I'm like, it's a fact in my brain. No. Right. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know. And she's like, that sounds like an opinion, something you yeah. <laughs> So true. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I don't even know what I was gonna say, but I was just I was just agreeing because I feel like like that's that's part of at least like that's part of the CBT stuff that that she would do with me she's like okay what's the evidence here though and it's like that this is what our brains are going through for those who don't understand this is this is like all these different parts and you know if you're if you're creative enough you can really fuck up your brain (laughs) the way you think it's like oh yeah I don't always want to be this creative. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I, the, the thing, and I think I said this on the last episode too, my friends are probably t- sick and tired of me saying this, but I, I'm also currently struggling. I mean, I have trust issues and mm-hmm. I can, I thankfully gotten to the point where I can pinpoint where they come from. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's at least some sort of starting point to move yeah. forward from it. But I have trust issues, particularly with, with, romantic relationships in my romantic relationships and with my female friendships Mm. and one of the things that i've been talking about in a a conversation i had with my uh, therapist recently was around where it comes from but also getting to know myself so much better that like working on getting to know myself so much better that i can say no this is where this comes from because this is who I am mm-hmm. and and because in the past I would just like blow things off and be like oh it's no big deal or sweep things under the rug right but they were signs to be like no this is a, an actual thing that like that's a fact so, like this right. is a fact that this happened and you need to pay attention to that but mm-hmm. also like I'm just in this whole period of confusion because I'm like well why am I being this way am I being this way because this is how I am or this is because society has told me I'm supposed to be a certain way so I am like struggling with you know the anxiety has always been there 
but just also those trust issues that you mentioned, like I have them too. And it really, yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, no, I need to stay inside and sit on my couch because otherwise I'm going to be a full mess. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to know how to interact with anyone. For sure. I can't trust, I can't even trust my own brain at that point. Exactly. That's the hardest part. Like I, I feel so much more peace in the moments where I'm like, okay, I do trust my perception of this thing, but yeah. that's the hardest thing. It's like those situations make you not trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if you are not trusting yourself, then you can't trust what's going on with someone else. Right. And so like, that's, that's, that's a lot of what like the conversations with my partner end up being. I'm like, honestly, 90%, like there's definitely been moments where I'm like, babe, what the, f- what is this? Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, and, so, and I'm like, I'm like, this is a warranted question. He'll be like, yeah, that's a warranted question. Like 100%. Like, I understand why you asked that. And this is what it is, you know? And then it's like, okay. Um, but there's a lot of our conversations in like, I would say as he was kind of figuring out and I was kind of figuring out like, okay, what is, where is this coming from? Um, is I would just remind him, I'm like, not that this doesn't affect you because it does affect you and I feel like I want him to have an outlet to be able to talk about how it affects him Mm -hmm. um but it's most times not really about you Mm -hmm. like it's about what I'm dealing with and that's why I'm just like again it's it doesn't not have effect on him because that sucks if you feel like someone isn't trusting you right when you're not doing anything to warrant that Mm -hmm. at the but like it's like if we're able to get to a part where I can hear how that sucks and validate how that sucks while him also being like I know this isn't really about me and it's something that you're dealing with and you just need reassurance right now mm-hmm. well you know both of those things can be true at once and yes. can be validated at yes, once. For sure. um, and so if you can get to that then that's great and you know we have times where we do where we're able yes. to do that and yes. we have other times where it's still hard um, but yeah I think that's that's definitely that's the kicker is like not being able to trust yourself Mm -hmm. and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand yeah how was the um the conversation with your family I mean it sounds like it sounds like you have some really awesome supportive people around you because you're like people are doing research and you know you your boyfriend encouraged you to like have this conversation with your family um what what are your relationships like now like you know still in the I'm sure you still, these things still come up, I'm sure, right? How is it now, now that you've been able to get past, like, those beginning stages? Um, I would say, like, definitely my family was super, like, open and, like, helpful. Um, I mean, there were, like, small things that I was like, oh, I wish this happened instead, but ultimately I knew that all of their responses were coming from a place of believing me, which is really important because not everyone gets that. Um, so I'm super grateful that none of them were like, that didn't happen or that's not that bad or, well, it only mm-hmm. happened one time. So can't have had that big of an impact. You know, like I didn't get any of that. And a lot of people get that, which is super fucked up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But so I was really grateful with their responses and they just wanted to be there for me. And I think what's hard is that you know, we, and I've, like, talked about this before, but, um, so they kind of know, but, like, they all are still their own people processing that news, and then how it makes them feel, Mm -hmm. especially, like, my parents, like, I know I can't understand 
how that news right affect like what they've had to kind of process and deal with after learning that you know um and so that we definitely went through i would say for me and my parents like we definitely went through kind of an awkward phase of like we and even my sisters like they've expressed too like i don't know if you want me to bring this up or if you should bring that up or like how do you know like how do we check in about that without like making the conversation have to be about that and i think there's been times where they've kind of left it up to me and then i've been sitting over here being like why aren't you checking in about this you know so it's it's a matter of being able to communicate to each other about the thing and that's on me and that's on them you know we both play a part in that so sometimes it's hard for me to identify what i need yeah. And that's confusing for them. Yeah. Um, but I will say recently I had a great conversation with my mom where she, uh, ex- you know, she came to me after thinking about like, what if I run into the mother? Um, Cause they still live around each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, what do you want me to do in that situation? And I thought that that was so great because that was like a really open conversation that we could have and it was also one of those moments where I was like honestly like that's between you two at that point like I I know what happened and I know my truth about it and I feel like if it came out about who it actually because I haven't been like this is the name of the person who did this to me because I just don't feel like right now that's productive in my healing process but (laughs) Mm -hmm. I also wouldn't be I feel like how do I say this? I feel like what my mother might need to say to the other mother is her experience of it. And she's like able to handle that and talk about it without that being like so yeah. going against what I'm dealing with. Right. I don't know. Um, so we still, we still like have moments where we're still just figuring out how do we still talk about this, but they do check, check in on me, especially if I'm just kind of talking about how I'm in a really low place and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure it's still confusing and hard for them for their own reasons. Um, and I don't always tell them when I'm going through something really mm. bad, like I'm having yeah. a really bad week or something. I don't always, I'm not forthcoming with that all the time. Yeah. So, I don't know if that really answers your question. But no, it, it does. <laughs> um, what, do, what does a bad week look like for you um bad week um it's definitely I'm having a harder time curbing my negative thoughts and I'm this is something I have talked about with my family because I actually I spoke about it on like a previous podcast and they were like we didn't know this and I was like oh I thought I was open about this um and I guess just the language I used was different but like you know, I've, we've talked, we, you and I just talked about suicide a little while ago, but I've never been someone who, like, made actionable plans. Like, I never was like, this is what I'm going to do, which is very different than thinking about it. Like, um, those are different stages. And I've never been someone who have gotten, who has gotten to that stage where I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to make plans to do this. Mm -hmm. I've been more in the territory of, like, having the thoughts of, like, it would just be easier to be dead right now yeah. or having having the the images of like what if i just let go of the wheel of my car like but not while i'm driving but while i'm sitting at home thinking about right. it you yes. know like and that's very that is 
that's cause for concern, yes. but that's different than I'm in the car right now and I'm thinking about letting go of the wheel. Yes. That's a much different territory. So I've never gotten all the way there, but I do have moments where I'm just, I'm in a, in a spiral of thinking bad thoughts about myself. I'm like, you know, I'm a terrible person or I'm really ugly or I, um, like, why would anyone want to be with me? Or it would just be easier to be dead right now, like, and deal with all of this. Um, so I get into those spiral thoughts and that's definitely an indicator of a bad week, especially if I'm having those for multiple days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really feeling inspired to go walk outside or take a shower, you know, quintessential things of depressive um, reactions. Um, And just having low motivation, like honestly, this past week, because my back has been fucked up, like I've just, I have not been having a great mental week because if my body's messed up, that gets into like a guilt issue where I'm like, it's my fault. I could have been working out and I made this happen, you know, instead of just being like, we're literally in stay at home and our schedules are being fucked up right now and you're doing the best you can. So it's like, if I'm in a good week, that's what I'm thinking. If I'm not, I'm putting it all on me. Um, and so that's, those are like the key things. Um, if I'm not eating as much, like Mm -hmm. I'm, then I'm like, I'm someone who like, I like to eat. And so if I'm not eating as much, then I'm like, Oh, that's something to look at. Yeah. Um, and how do you sort of bring yourself out of that? Or is it just a matter of like time passing? I think it's a combination of two. Um, I, you know, my partner definitely helps with that. Um, he, you know, we talked about physical touch before. Just being held is really helpful for me. So the fact that I'm able to have someone here who can do that is great. If I was alone, it'd be much harder, I think, because yeah. um, I feel really comforted if I'm just like hugged or like holding my hand or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've gotten I've gotten better at being able to reframe my thoughts than I used to. Doesn't mean it's not always easy but like I, I I do a better job of interrupting those thoughts even if the thoughts continue but yeah. I'll still be like you know I'll have like three bad thoughts and then I'll be like let me interrupt this for a moment and then I'll go back to the bad thoughts but then I'll be like okay but hello we just were thinking this other way let's try that instead yeah. um so th- that's that's the thing that definitely helps for me and in terms of like soothing activities like I'll rewatch a show that I really like and I know exactly what happens you know like I was that. just about to say the yeah. same thing yeah. <laughs> um and I also I mean there's research for this but like I'm really big on like making sure that what I'm putting into my body is helping because I you know if I'm gonna if I just like I'm like let me just like have a glass of wine if I'm doing that and I'm in a bad mood then that's bad news like that's not good for me that's just gonna make my anxiety worse the next day because I'm gonna feel like shit physically um even though for two hours I feel really good and that's something I've learned about myself for sure I've definitely drank to ease anxiety but then it's just just worse the next day listen girl i on bad it's a bad day when i'm ordering mcdonald's which <laughs> I, like delivery of mcdonald's which i've i have definitely done um mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um, those are things that help i mean talking to my friends are but sometimes it's hard to reach out to your friends because you feel like a burden yes you know but when i do end up talking to them then i do feel better so i think you know you just got to remind yourself yeah. of that yeah um 
and you know we're we're watching two kitties right now so having an, having an animal around definitely helps <laughs> i've been looking into getting a dog for like the past two months but i'm like i don't have a job like I yeah, dogs are so expensive. I know. Oh my gosh, I really want one though. They're so cute. I know. I know. I've been having the most puppy fever in like, like I, I've always like I, I had a family dog and she, she was actually a huge place of comfort for me. She, she's the person I told about my abuse when I was a kid. Oh. Um, so that was actually like a super helpful thing oh. as I was like growing up, but. Oh, and then she died right around uh, Trump's election. So it actually, her death was actually <laughs> the biggest thing that made it happen. So oh, I was like, oh, I'm alone again. Um, I totally forgot about that. But that was a huge point of why I started talking about it. Mm. Um, but like, I know I want a dog so bad, but I'm also like super practical. And I'm like, I can't afford this. Right. I don't want to get up at 7 a.m. in the morning every day to bring this dog out in New York. Like, I don't have a yard. Like, <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Same, same. I really wish I had a dog with a set. Especially, again, like, you know, like you said, you have someone there. So you get the, the hugs and the feels that you yeah. need. I'm like, I think I just, I need a dog for the love that I'm like, I want, I want to love something really bad. And I want something to love me, too. And honestly, they'll give it to you more than any human. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually had on one of my, uh, on my dating profile, I put, I'm just here until my dog adoption comes through. <laughs> I love that. Either a dude or a dog. Oh what, do, really, what do you, what a dating thing do you use? Oh my gosh. I've, I've tried pretty much everything, but my main one, which is not the best one is Tinder. Mm. Um, and that's mostly because I feel like I I see more people on Tinder that I'm physically attracted to. I see. Interesting. But, but you have to weed through so yeah. much more BS on Tinder. Yeah. Be hinge. Okay. I've heard, I've heard from like my friends who are like using them so that hinge is like good. I never did Tinder. I did Bumble for like a hot sec and I yeah. just could never find connection with people that way. Same. Mm -hmm. um, but interesting i mean people yeah. have had some good reactions like good situations on tinder though i know yeah. a lot of shitty ones um, right yeah i mean and now i'm off all of them because i and i do with this a lot i have like a love-hate relationship with all of the apps because mm -hmm. it's like we're it's the same people on different apps and like right uh, <laughs> so i'm like running into people but um I can't like I'm off all of them now I do it for like four or five days actually I did tinder for a month last month because you know lockdown so I was like I'm bored um yeah. but I can't I can't take it I can't I I used to think like oh this is an awesome way to meet people and in the beginning it was so fun going on so many dates and I'm like but what is this turning into like right. nothing that I want it to turn into so it, they're yeah. not for me yeah I feel you um okay I feel like this is a good transition point. Okay. So I'll make this the transition point to our um, Sex, Mary Kill. Okay, I'm excited. You, you down for a game of Sex, Mary Kill? Hell yeah. <laughs> do you want, so I, I have um, guys and gals. Do you want me to mix them, keep them separately? Do you, which? I feel like that's hard because like, I'm always going to have to like consider the issue of the patriarchy with yes. men so let's let's keep them separate okay cool i like it let's do it hopefully i know everyone who's gonna be in it i know i, I tell people i'm like just you know you can google around that's fine yeah, i can google I, if i need to yeah yeah for okay. sure I, but i picked like I, i'm hoping that the people I, i've chosen are like okay. 
I'm gonna shuffle. I'm gonna shuffle the women up right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't played this game in so long, but it's such a fun game. Good. I'm, so you you remember how to play, right? You just. Oh yes. Okay. I like you have like a you have the the PG version. PG <laughs> I, I was do. like, sex, Mary kill. I was like, what sounds different about this? And I was like, uh. <laughs> I started calling it sex, Mary kill when I started playing with my mom. Mm. I like that you play this with your mom, though. That's I, yeah, great. Yeah. I should do that with my mother. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> we were at um, a restaurant, me, my mom, and one of my sisters. And I was like, oh, let's play. And I was about to say, fuck, Mary kill. And I was like, let's play sex, Mary kill. <laughs> I just, I love the, like the verbiage of that it's like who would you sex yeah. <laughs> my mom we had to keep explaining it too because she's like um she's like okay so what do i have to do i would say one name and she'd be like oh yeah yeah that and i'm like you have to hear the rest <laughs> you have to hear your options hilarious anyway so, all right. mm -hmm. question before yeah. we start yeah if i marry someone it means i just get to have sex with them a lot as a part of the relationship right it, listen, the marriage looks however you want it to look. Okay, great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I just, I have to check because some people are like, no, you're just marrying them. I'm like, but marriage includes sex. Hopefully, God, I don't want to be right. married. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we got Cardi B, <laughs> Julia Roberts, and Beyonce. Who you going to sex? Who you going to marry? Who you going to kill? Oh, shit. Um... I would have sex with Cardi B because I just feel like she'd be a great time. Um, I agree. Who is it? Julia Roberts? And Beyonce, yeah. Beyonce. Um, I'd probably marry Beyonce just because, I mean, she's Beyonce. And also, <laughs> I mean, would it hurt to be associated with Beyonce? No. For long term? I mean, I just feel there's there's a lot that we could create together. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> did you watch Black is King yet, speaking of? I did. I watched it, I think, two days ago. It was beautiful. Um, I, I don't know. What, what did you think? I, I'm curious to see people's reactions. I sat on my couch, like, with my mouth open. I teared up plenty of times. It yeah. was so beautiful yeah just so beautiful to watch my friend she has a podcast called oh we talking talking mm -hmm. and i am she's doing her final episode of the season on black is king and i'm oh, going to yeah. share a bunch of thoughts there but I, it was i was just like i was amazed the entire time yeah just amazed my friend is like you're gonna be dancing and i did not move <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It was. So, I I appreciated it so much. Loved it so much. I just thought it was the most beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Just such beautiful work. Yeah, um, yeah. It was great. I also really liked. I mean, I also feel like I can only have so much of an opinion on it because it's not. I mean, it's not for me. Yeah, you yeah. know, which mm -hmm. is fine. Um, mm -hmm. but I just I've seen like some mixed reactions to it. But I just feel like. It was a visual album for yes. her music. Yes. Which I think some people are forgetting. Yes. Um, but I thought that it was so cool, like the mix of different artists she she had. Like she was, I don't know, my boyfriend made a good point. He was like, I feel like she was the muse throughout it, but like the the characters centered were not her. 
Yes. But it was also her music. Yes. Um, and I just, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Like, I feel like she, she introduced me to certain artists that I had no idea existed. And I, I actually really loved a lot. I loved her and I loved the parts with her, like her um, songs that were a part of it. But I, some of my favorite parts were artists that weren't even her. And yes. I thought it was so cool that I got to like, yes learn about them I don't know it was definitely really beautiful so I and this is a this is a step in a different topic direction but you know <laughs> I, fo I follow you on Instagram mm -hmm. and like I am super appreciative of how you speak even now but also on social media about just like your own awareness of being a white woman and mm -hmm. like you are white right <laughs> <laughs> And I, was, and I was like, actually, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely a white woman. Like I have, I have mixed heritage and like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like my, the biggest like part that I connect to is like being Ashkenazi Jewish, but like that's only 25%, but that's still yeah. white. Like I'm yeah. still white Jewish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yes, definitely white. You got that right. Okay. So <laughs> not... <laughs> That'd be so funny, but no. <laughs> but like, even now you're like, you know, it wasn't for me and I appreciate right. you saying things yeah. like that yeah um anywho <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry Julia Roberts I mean she's cool I like her but I just don't feel that much connection to her like I, I feel like Julia Roberts yeah she's great I mean she's beautiful I'm sorry I have to kill her but I just would prefer to be surrounded by Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> okay my lights are flickering too I don't know if you can notice oh. I'm like if this storm takes my lights out I don't know what I'm gonna do is it still it's now like weirdly bright and sunny but before we got on this call my lights were flickering and I was like hopefully this doesn't fuck up our interview <laughs> I know man I started charging my phone because I was like just in case yeah me too full, <laughs> I need a full battery <laughs> same I did the same thing that's um, so funny Okay, I've got Kim Kardashian. Oh, Lord. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lopez and Adele. Oh, oh, this is so easy. I would kill Kim Kardashian. I can't. I'm sorry. I mean, I just can't. I'm um, with you. I am with um, you. <laughs> Uh, I would fuck Jennifer Lopez because she's hot as fuck. Um, but I just adore Adele. She is such a pleasure to like hear speak. Like I feel like she would be so fun to just yes. like be connected to yes. consistently. And she also is an amazing singer and can serenade me. If she Listen, wants. I am. This is not my game of sex, Mary Kill. But I, I am. I agree with you 100 percent on both of these already. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to move over to the dudes. All right, let's see. <laughs> We're going to do the first, it's like his name I saw first, and it's his birthday, Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> I, yes, don't even wanna, I don't even want to put this guy with him. Oh, Dave no. Franco. Oh, oh no, Dave Franco is good. Who's, who's his brother? James Franco. James Franco. It's not James. It's James. Okay, okay. I was going to say, obviously, I would kill him because he's a creeper. Uh, <laughs> no, you said because he's what? He's a creeper. Yes, yes, he is. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> oh, this is an interesting group. Um, okay, I would definitely, I would marry Obama, even though I have no, no, like, dream of being married to a politician I feel like that would be horrible I have like no interest in that um but 
though he's had to do some things in his career, I feel that he is probably the most willing to like grow with a person mm. and treat someone mm-hmm. well. Um, I mean, and Michelle is just glowing and I just feel like there must be something good happening right there. Um, so I'd marry Obama. Um, and then I personally, I enjoy the rock in, in the things he's in, but he doesn't do anything for me sexually. So I'd probably kill him and then fuck Dave Franco. I like it. I'm not, I'm not upset with any of these choices. So far. <laughs> There's only been one time that I was upset and it was in the episode of uh, dating through drug abuse and he killed Michelle Obama. <gasps> I would marry Michelle Obama. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh okay. That's Solid. Awesome. Another interesting mix. We've got Drake. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I've guess heard, I guess we know I, where he's going. <laughs> I know. I've heard you talk about him before, so we might differ on this one. <laughs> um, it's, let's hear the other options. I know. I have to hear who's against before I actually make any solid decisions. Ricky Martin. Interesting. And Bradley Cooper. Oh, man. Would Ricky Martin have sex with me, though? Isn't he gay? That's the thing, right. Yeah, he's gay. Mm-hmm. It's a strong no for me for Drake. He's got to die. <laughs> he preys on young women. I'm not into oh, it. Oh, yes. I, I heard about this with the, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Bobby, what's her name? Millie Bobby Brown. Like, yes. you have no business texting a 14-year-old. I don't care. I don't care what. You have no business texting her. Yes, my friend. I'm not about it. My friend Sadika is going to be very upset that you killed Drake. <laughs> but well, she'll survive. <laughs> there are many other things I could speak to about this same thing with Drake, so I, I won't get into it, but not a fan. Um, Drake is dead. He's dead. I know. I will say I did like him as Jimmy, but times have changed. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so Drake is dead. Um, I feel Bradley Cooper. Mm. I mean, Bradley Cooper seems like a cool guy for overall of what I've heard about him. I mean, we never know if he's really in love with Gaga or not, but right. um, I don't know. Part of me says maybe, maybe I would just have sex with Bradley Cooper and marry Ricky and we could both just fuck hot guys and then build a life together. Listen, <laughs> listen, yes. <laughs> Is that what you're going with? You're going to marry Ricky? I think so. Yeah, this is the move. That's, I was looking at these cards and I'm like, who would I, I was like, no, I think I would marry Ricky Martin and I would just, you know. <laughs> Alexandra, we're going to have to, we're going to have to like be friends because. I'm down. I'm super too down. Many, this, too many things in common. This was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so happy that we got to meet me too. Um, forgive me for postponing at the last minute yesterday, but I'm happy you were able to make it work. I'm sorry your back is out of commission. Okay, this has been the highlight of my my past week, so I'm glad that we did it. <laughs> goody, goody. We'll do it again. We'll do a, a follow-up, I'm sure. Oh, perfect. Um, I would love to have you back on here. Um, please keep me posted on how, you know, shoot me a little DM or something, or send me an email. Let me know how the chiropractor visit goes tomorrow um and i will see you online (laughs) yes absolutely thank you so much thanks for checking out this week's episode don't forget to follow the show on instagram at deliberdating thank you